guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I'm so excited today. We are welcoming Liz Sorelli to the Turmeric and Tequila mic. She is a life coach, an author, a meditation leader, many modalities. She's out here making the world a better place. She shares her breakdown, her breakthrough, and how she found her extraordinary life purpose that was in motion all along. If you are in the midst of a pivot or questioning a better way, this is an awesome conversation for you. All the answers are truly within. Sometimes we just need a nudge in the right direction or we need to learn how to listen to those nudges that are already happening. Enjoy this one. It's perfect for 2021 and everybody questioning a better way. Have a fabulous day. Be sure to check us out on YouTube where you can like and subscribe and listen to a daily quote every single day to start the day off with intention, gratitude, and motivation. We'll see you there. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am so excited today. We have some incredible energy in the room. I am welcoming one of my uh, lifelong best friends, Michelle, uh, one of her collegiate uh, classmates to the mic, Liz Sorelli. She is a life coach, an author, a psychotherapist, a meditation leader, and a Reiki master, uh, amongst many other things. But we are going to talk about extraordinary life purpose today, her background, and how she kind of got to where she is today and hopefully you can pull out some incredible tips on how to have and dial into that extraordinary life purpose without further ado liz welcome to the mic thank you so much absolutely thank you for having me so tell me just just so audience um we have i, I think a lot of michelle and i's friends listen to this how do you and michelle know each other so i grew up in littleton colorado and eventually went on to Colorado State, Colorado State University and was in Chi Omega with Michelle. And so a very good college friend and sorority sister. I love it. So if you, everyone listens to Turmeric and Tequila, they know that I love my connects of connects. And <laughs> oftentimes we haven't spoke a lot prior, so it's a super raw and authentic conversation. So that will be this. Um, but before we get into like the agenda and where you are now, tell us a little bit about your background, your upbringing, and um, kind of what brought you, it sounds like the entrepreneur was first, then the book. What brought you to like some of those initial steps after college? So just after college, um, I really went into working into the mental health field a lot with adolescents and then doing individual work with men and women, really specializing in anxiety, depression, and trauma. Worked a little bit in the school setting and then also in private practice for a while. And then throughout, you know, a couple years in private practice, I ended up having a really life-changing event. I was blessed in some ways with the brain injury, very difficult at the time, but led to a lot of blessings afterwards that really shifted me into the more holistic um, meditation, life coaching, just mindfulness practices um, that brought me into becoming an author and, and doing lots of other fun things. So. That's amazing. I, I, we talk about this a lot on turmeric and tequila, but how, you know, we're intentional as humans, as far as like getting our degree and, you know, being focused on what we want and we're kind of dialed into our purpose, but maybe not really, but usually I think it's something that happens in life that all of a sudden, like literally points us in the right direction. And usually it's a major awakening, uh, for what I call my varsity humans. Cause we're pretty like stubborn and we're like, no, we got this. We're going to figure it out. And, you know, sometimes listening to our gut, our own intuition, isn't like our strong suit. Um, tell us a 
little bit about, you know, that breakdown breakthrough that kind of made that extraordinary life purpose a little bit more clear? Yeah. So I'd have to say, you know, growing up, I always had this desire to help people. I had a passion for really connecting with people and just, just heartfelt conversations. So, you know, I felt really in my purpose doing my mental health work. Um, and then, you know, after, you know, 15 years in the field, I felt kind of this shift of, you know, something with the, the mental health system just isn't aligning with my truth. It felt a little just off for me. And so I was really trying to gently and slowly step into this new path of holistic practices, but I had this fear, right? I had fear around how will I make the shift? How will I get my new clients? How will I run a business on my own? And you know, just one foot in, one foot out, and life came along and said, you're going now. And so it just, you know, I had this brain injury and it um, brought me to a place where I had to learn a ton of different healing techniques from what I was had learned in college and through, you know, my trainings in the professional field. And it changed my world, you know, in a lot of different ways. So I think I was able to connect deeper with myself. That injury left me um, in bed and isolated for quite some time. So um, I was sitting with myself for a really long time with my heart, with really what was true for me, um, what really was my purpose and how am I gonna express that um, through my work now since my life had changed so much during that time. And it just led me to just a wonderful spiritual community. Um, you know, I had amazing mentors and teachers through that process that just taught me different things. You know, I talked a little bit about meditation and then Reiki, which is energy healing for people that don't know that. That was something, you know, I was so fragile at that point that I needed, you know, a very, very gentle healing practice. And for me, that was extraordinarily helpful. You know, I went through just, you know, all these different people saying, oh, I've heard about this, I've heard about that. So neural cranial restructuring, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, all these things that I just had no idea about. And so they all came into my lap and was part of my process. It's kind of amazing because I have a little bit of experience. We spoke about um, tra traumatic brain injuries and then some of the healing that moves forward from that. Uh, two brothers in military and one had come home with the TBI. So we, you know, had to navigate that and still are at a lot of levels. And it's interesting to see how Western medicine and even like the VA, a lot of it really is business driven. And you, once you're in the thick of it, um, I've never had a TBI, but I've dealt with ACL, like some, some major surgeries. Uh, you start to question a better way and you're like, okay, well, what else do I do? You know, if medication or painkillers or those kinds of things, or even traditional PT, like physical therapy isn't working, you start to go down this rabbit hole of like human optimization and alter alternative methods. Um, and the holistic approach is amazing. I'm really a believer in kind of a balance of both things and just really being a conscious consumer, but it's a, it's a hard, uh, it's hard to learn and know a lot about some of these modalities because they're so complicated. Um, you said you had some really great mentors, but as you were starting to question this better way is for your own healing, who did you reach out to to help guide that process or did, did it just happen organically? So, I mean, I will say that, you know, I did do the physical therapy, the occupational therapy, the vision therapy, the speech therapy, and those things did relieve some symptoms for me, but it didn't provide whole body healing in terms of emotionally, spiritually, um, really just 
the whole self. And so um, I think, you know, it was a combination of me researching a lot of stuff on my own. You know, I was home and out of work, so I had a lot of time on my hands and I really wasn't ready to go down like that. You know, I had my first neurologist who was very well respected, you know, out of Boston, worked with a lot of professional athletes. And, you know, after nine months kind of said, you know, this is, you're going to just have to accept this. This is just going to be a part of your life. And I was really not spelling words at that point. I really was not, I wasn't driving. I really wasn't functioning very well at all. And I just kind of had to say next. And I had to switch up my treatment team. And every time the traditional medical system, you know, ran out of ideas or tricks in their pockets to treat me, I just kind of switched. So I had four different, four to five different treatment teams throughout my healing process. So I had, even in those different treatment teams, I had people mentioning like small, like little things like check this out, check that out. And then I went through in terms of the holistic healing, I did probably about 55 um, retreats you know, through yoga retreat centers. So it was a lot. It was, I don't even know at the time how we find the, found the financial support to do that, but it showed up. And so having that many people that are tending to you, you just hear like, I tried this or this worked for me, you know, even like Tai Chi and Qigong and all these different little subtle changes in my body. And I was like, I'm just going to do it all. Like I have nothing to lose, everything to gain, and I'm just going to do it. So now, I, I think that's such a major takeaway. If anyone that's listening is kind of stuck in that rut of, you know, we grew up at, in America thinking like the doctors know what they tell you is the truth. And it's not to say it's not the truth, but sometimes they don't know everything. They're human, just like us. And some of these studies and modalities haven't been exposed to all doctors or, you know, just hasn't been in the mainstream yet. So I think doctors nine times out of 10 are sharing the wealth of their knowledge, but sometimes it's just not in their framework. So I, if you're listening, you're kind of stuck in a space where, the doctors say this is it, I really encourage anyone to question that better way and lean in just like what Liz did and maybe ask around, maybe listen to a podcast, listen to some of these other things that um, wouldn't be a traditional avenue, but you never know, it just might be the right fit. And I love how open-minded you were to just kind of try stuff. Cause you know, a lot of things don't work, but it's worth it if you find that one thing that does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there was a part of me that was like, I'm not giving up, you know? And then, but I also had days of oh my gosh, like all I want to do is give up, you know? So it was a dance between, you know, finding the strength and needing to just collapse and feel what I felt in that moment. But yeah, you know, one of the aspects of my injury was when I got, I was hit in the head with the trunk of an SUV. So when that happened, um, it shifted one of my bones and it was pushing on my pituitary gland. So I wasn't releasing enough cortisol. And they were like, well, you're going to have to be on prednisone the rest of your life. And I'm like, I'm not staying on prednisone the rest of my life. Like I'm going to find a better way. And, you know, I had a neuroendocrine doctor through Mass General and I was like, you know, I heard of this neurocranial restructuring. It's like an advanced chiropractic technique. They go through, you know, the nasal cavity and they just blow a balloon up and they pop it and it expands all the pressure in the skull and it should take the pressure off that pituitary gland or pituitary gland. And, you know, she was like, oh, I've never heard anything about that. I don't really support that. You know, she was really discouraging me from doing it. And I said, 
thanks, but I'm going to try it anyways. Like, what did I have to lose, right? So it is a really specialized technique. I did have to go to Connecticut to do it. Um, and then they retested my cortisol levels afterwards. And I went back to my next appointment and she's like, did you see the results? And I was like, yeah, I saw them. She's like, it worked. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so it, even, you know, some of like the best well-trained doctors out there are like, oh my gosh, like they're still learning too. And that's just, we're all learning from each other. And if we can just be open to that process, we can generally get a lot better. So completely agree. And, you know, you got to remember, there's also major liability in the medical field. So they're not going to advise you on something they don't have a ton of information on. There's just too much liability. Even if their heart's kind of questioning it, there's, there's just always a business side. So you do, you have to go and you got to remember just like, I'm good at CrossFit. I'm probably not as good at yoga or basketball because I'm so focused on CrossFit, but really yoga might be the answer. So it's, it is really hard. And again, just like if you're eating or you're trying to do good nutrition or be good at, you know, law or whatever you have to navigate your own journey be responsible for your own situation mm -hmm. because you're the only one that really knows what works for you um but I, I love this overall life metaphor too of you know you had a major breakdown breakthrough with the uh brain trauma and brain injury um but you know as you as you speak and you share all i'm thinking of like this is exactly how it is an entrepreneur like some days you just is this working? Am, am I doing it right? Like, is anyone listening? And then other days it's like, this is the best thing ever. Like, let's figure it out. So I think it's just such a phenomenal life skill set for you to pull away and be like, this was the most dramatic version of your dealing with your brain. And mm -hmm. this is what we go through in life all the time. Like ups, downs, get out of bed. Like you have to just keep the face someday and just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And those days when we're down, it's hard, you know, it's hard to find the strength in that moment. And I think for myself, it's just having to remind myself, not just from brain trauma, but just like everyday life, right? You know, I've healed from my brain injury, but still, you know, we have challenges and adversities and it's kind of like, okay, like, how do I just surrender to this moment, right? Like, how do I trust that maybe there's a better plan out there than the one that I have in my little egoic mind of like where I think I should be and when I should be doing it. And, you know, had I, had I known like the beauty that was going to come after my brain injury, I think I would have had all the faith in the world. But when you're in the mix of it, you're just not wanting to trust any of it because it feels painful. So it's just about surrendering to that to that moment of the not knowing. All right. But gosh, that's so hard, especially when we're like trained to think a certain way, have goals, have mindset. I've recently really, you know, focused on I've always been into like as an athlete motivation, like visual visualization and like some of these techniques, but not really how I try to intentionally do like my morning routine now and living a life of gratitude and like some of these like really intentional conscious thought processes um, and doing less sometimes, which is so hard of just pulling back and letting it be and not being busy for a day and um, being still. And it, it sounds like, you know, you were still for a while, but even then you're doing research and, and staying on top of it. Um, as a, as a entrepreneur and you have all these things going on, is it, have you gotten better at being still at this point? I have absolutely. It's kind of, you know, when I talk about meditation, there's like these different ways to meditate, right? Like we can meditate on the breath or we can meditate on something that, you know, we're trying to like have a solution for, or maybe it's a visualization, but meditation in a bigger picture is just retraining the brain of how we want to shift our focus. So I think for me, it's just been, you know, the slowing down has just been a constant, um, refocusing for me. And I kind of 
paved that pathway and like the the brain you know just um what's the word i'm looking for the neural pathways you know just like if you're just taking a lawnmower through the grass every day and you're just carving that path down and down and down like eventually the brain's like oh i know this pathway i've been here before and it becomes more of your practice so that and then you know it also led me to a very much a like-minded community of people who will remind you of that every day when you're having some kind of struggle, like, oh, you know, you know, just go meditate, like come back into your yourself, get back into your heart. And you know this, it's a skill, but just having that mirror, that reminder from the people around you, which is, you know, a big reason why I've started running groups and just having that foundation for people to come together and, and have that support. Because without the support, it's really, really hard. So yeah. Yeah, I was always uh, a team athlete versus an individual because it's community. It's showing up every day, like the big wins and the big games are amazing, but really it's that every day at practice and like the little, you know, banter in the locker room or the little stuff or, you know, chatter on the Facebook group or all the little things in between that you probably don't notice until they're gone. Um, that really fuels the fire. And I'm such an advocate for being conscious of who you have in your world because that energy, that support, that community is who you are. So you do have to be very diligent about who you keep in your life and what energy you give to um, certain people and things and tasks. Uh, I think it's hard. Have you have you experienced like a friend shift um, at any point or a community shift when as you were healing and, and evolving? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and everyone I believe shows up in your life for a reason. So even the people that, you know, fall away or fall out, it's kind of like, okay, well, our, our physical or energetic contracts are maybe complete with that person. And it doesn't have to be this, this like, you know, big F you and I'm done and, you know, whatever, moving on. But absolutely, you know, there's been you know, people that have stayed there throughout everything. And then there's other people that have kind of slowly, you know, moved away. And that's just like, we're on different paths. And, you know, but that spiritual community for me has just grown and grown and grown. And um, that's been really beautiful and amazing. So... Yeah, that's awesome. Do you on on tour against heal? I always say because I do think believing in something bigger is really critical, and I don't care. I always say God, universe, or Madonna, whatever you believe. Because I'm a <laughs> fan. Um, did you did you grow up like religiously inclined, and then kind of shifted over to spirituality, or tell me a little bit about that journey? So I mean, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> I think a lot of us that grow up Catholic stop being Catholic at some point, but, you know, I, I went to church and, you know, did a little stuff, you know, when my parents were able to force me to do that when I was young enough. And then, you know, I got into my middle school and adolescent years and college and, you know, I had different priorities. I wanted to hang out with my friends and, you know, it was all about climbing the, you know, career ladder in my early thirties. And then I think, you know, once this injury happened and my whole world shifted, you know, I definitely found myself like really pissed at God, you know, like, why me? Why did this happen? You know, I've, I've been a good friend. I've never done drugs. I've never committed crimes. Like, why, why would you give me this? Um, and so that led to an opening of understanding that it was a lesson and a teaching, and this is your growth and, and this is the plan that you can't see. I've been trying to nudge you all along and you're stubborn and you're not listening. So boom, here you go. And so that kind of really did open up my faith to a much, much deeper sense for sure. 
I, I think that's amazing. That's I, I've had so many of these conversations and it's my intentional varsity humans. It's such a common like through line. It takes every, it takes, you got to get the wind knocked out of you to really have that awakening. And oftentimes I would never put anyone's words, put any words in anyone's mouth, but usually I think that's the pivot point that is the blessing. And, um, you know, it's hard to not like swim in that victim mentality of like, I've done everything right. Why is this not working? And this is something I think even as you get good at it, you consciously, it has to be a practice because you can slip back into those ways. But um, it sometimes just takes a little time to like have that time and space and then look back and shift the perspective about that pivot point and then kind of have clarity on the idea that you did do everything right and everything's right on time and it's okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was so easy to see just all the negative and all the things that weren't working in the midst of that. And then when I could just go, okay, like what is actually working right now? And so it was like, oh, I'm actually getting to go on all these spiritual retreats. Like I'm doing yoga all the time. I'm doing meditation. Those are all the things I wanted to do, like go and have like retreat weekends and I'm getting them. So like, why am I complaining? Like I wanted less time working. Like, why am I mad about it now that I don't have it? And so it was kind of like, oh, let me just look at it through a different lens and see it through a different perspective. And then, you know, I think I started moving forward with more of like the whole body healing at that point. Yeah. Uh, very well said. And I, it's that kind of what I wanted to circle back to. You said initially you knew early on your, your purpose or something was calling you to help people. And it sounds like this entire time you were getting that experience with yourself, like, which is always important as being a business leader or anything of knowing it firsthand and then being able to offer your skill set, your gifts um, to others. So it's like everything you were wishing for was, was right in line with your extraordinary life purpose the entire time. Um, <laughs> it's I, I think one of the big lessons in that too is because I was like a go-getter, like push, 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 like get it, get it, get it more, like faster, harder, you know? And what I really had to do in this process is learn to really love myself and really nurture myself in all the ugly moments instead of like all of the achievements. And so that was a skill that I didn't have prior to the injury. And so especially with women, just teaching them self-love, self-acceptance and really just nurturing. Like we nurture so many other people and we're kind of last on the list sometimes. And, you know, the, the workforce is different for females. We do sometimes have to work a little bit harder and then we forget to kind of shift back into our, our to our truth and to our purpose. And yeah, so that was definitely an added skill that came out of it. I, it's so critically important. And I, again, I think like in the business world, you have to experience it first to really understand how to lead that role. Like, I think you should work every job in the company before you run it. So you understand all the perspective, but culturally as females, that's, I think that's absolutely it. We are motherly, we're nurturing, like all these really stereotypical rules and, um, like cultural mindset are applied. And then that's what we internalize as our reality. So it's really hard to break up with that and then make time for yourself. And you hear about self-love and nurturing all the time, but you don't really get it until you get it. And then it's like, oh, I should have been doing this the whole time. Like, I don't want to say it's not that big of a deal, but it's, it's like waking up and eating breakfast. Like you should just do it because you, you need to. Yeah. And sometimes we're just really unconscious, right? Like we're just unaware until we become aware. And sometimes it just is a life change that makes us 
see even the way we're treating ourselves completely different, you know? Like we can be really hard on ourselves and we don't even notice it. Like, it's kind of like, wow, I was really in my mind, like really kind of mean, like, why would I do that? You know, but it's just when you get on that autopilot in life and you're just boom, 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 and like just bopping along, like sometimes you're not taking the time to like really check in. So I, the, the check-in and I like what you just said, the reflection point, like when I think about like my high school self, we had our 20 year reunion, excuse me, I think a year or two ago and Mm -hmm. kind of to get back in that high school mindset. Like I, I, I was an athlete. I, I, I don't know if I'd say I loved high school, but I liked it probably as much as you could. Um, And you kind of check back into high school self. And yeah, it was like, man, I was hard on myself. Like I did have my shit together, but I was hard on myself physically, mentally, like academically, athletically. Like it was, it was interesting to go back to that mindset and be like, man, I'm so grateful to be where I am now because I, I should have cared about myself the way I do now. I don't know that I could have without the journey that I've had. Does that resonate with you at all? Absolutely. And, you know, we get, especially, you know, even starting before high school, we do get all those, like, that cultural programming of fix your hair, straighten your skirt, smile, talk, be polite, but don't be too loud, don't be too aggressive, you know, get it all done, but look great while you're doing it. So we get all these just things like kind of tossed at us. And it's like, okay, I have to be this way and I have to do this and it has to look like this. And it's all of a sudden we're like, wait, why? why does it have to be that way? You know, can't I just fall apart and be human and not make that wrong? You know, so, yeah. If you're listening and you're kind of in like that breakdown, breakthrough moment or the pivot, or maybe you're kind of in the victim mode, I think this is such a relevant conversation, probably for a lot of people in 2020 and now in 2021 of, what am I doing? Cause we've had this time to pause and it's like, you're either kind of beating up yourself or you're feeling good at where you're at, but you're probably wanting to make some sort of change in some capacity, personally, professionally, relationships, whatever, um, because we've had this time to reflect. So I think this is a really powerful conversation. If you don't know the next step, just, I think, have faith and keep showing up. I liked when you said, you know, I didn't, I had all these retreats because I'm, I'm in the health and wellness business. I know how expensive some of these things are, but if you do will it and you focus, sometimes you don't know the how and you just keep showing up it will be provided. God, universe, Madonna, whatever you believe, it one foot in front of the other, it, things will show up for you. Right, because the plan's there. It's not the plan we have, but that was my path. That was my plan. And so it was going to be provided for because that's what it was supposed to be. Just because we can't see it, we don't know it, doesn't mean it won't. We won't get there. You know, we will because that's that's our plan. <laughs> Right. Did you, so through all of this, did you kind of had like this extraordinary life purpose, like inside you? Like, was it like a fire burning or was it there? Or was it just kind of like in and out? Like sometimes I'm very intentional about being purposeful and having a purpose, but I also think that's kind of my personality. Um, I think that gets us out of bed in the morning, but some days it's just like, I don't give a shit. I'm not, I'm doing whatever I want. But like, did you constantly have that purpose, like fire burning within you? I think once I could get over the hump of the victim victimization of it, you know, I, you know, I was definitely in that this is never going to get better. It's never going to change. And then I think once I could move past that through a lot of just healing and work, then yes, it became very intentional. And that was part of the stuff that I was learning too at, at the retreat centers is, okay, how are you, what's your intention? And are you putting yourself in a position to follow through with that intention? Or are you 
saying things in your mind that are going to make something else happen? Are you talking yourself out of it? Are you self-sabotaging, you know, and how are you going to manifest it? And why are you not trusting? Like, what is the resistance? You know, resistance, I think leaning into resistance is such a powerful tool because it's kind of like when we're just like, nope, nope, not for me. I'm not doing that. It's like, okay, but why? What, what is pushing you away from that, you know, and that's really more of like the self-study and it's like, it's really not about whatever we're resisting that the bigger picture is usually something different, you know? So, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of learning always it's a lifelong journey. Right. So hundred <laughs> percent. Well, you, I mean, just like you said, resistance, it's just like you said earlier, shifting that perspective, like this is happening is how I feel what's really going on. Let's move to the right a little bit and look at it a little bit different. Cause usually that's the Intel that you need. Like you're not wanting to do it for a reason. Um, yeah. And if we keep resisting, that's when we get these like big, huge, like illnesses or injuries or things that come in. It's like, I tried to tell you, <laughs> it was like, you weren't listening. You kept resisting everything I was putting in front of you. And it's like, okay. So, well, it sounds like, I mean, now that you've come over things, um, tell us about your work now, the book, like some of the extraordinary, extraordinarily purposeful situations you've put into print and out into the world so you can share your gifts. Yeah. So I think, you know, when I was little, I always did want to write too. I always really wanted to become an author. And throughout this process of just growing up as a female and having to figure out business and then being injured, it was like, gosh, I kind of feel like I lost my voice. You know, it was kind of like when I had that injury, my whole self-identity got stripped away. It was like, oh, I can't be the good friend because I'm too tired and I can't be the good wife because I, I don't have the energy to make dinner or I, you know, can't be the, the great therapist because I'm recovering. And so it was like this reconnecting to my inner child and being like, where is your voice and what do you really have to say and what do you want to offer to the world? So um, I joined two collaborative books. Um, she is magic too, and she is magic always. And so it was a group of, of women that we all wrote a chapter and shared our personal stories. And so that really just gave me a sense of empowerment back and being able to feel like, oh, I'm like able to accomplish things and able to achieve things more. And that was really beautiful. And so then having that community of authors that I really bonded with, and then also being in a pandemic where we were very isolated, I was like, oh, okay, let me get back to what I loved, which was like this like-minded community. And I started running groups online, um, specifically just for women. And then also one coming up that is for women and men, but just, it's really all about, you know, getting deeper into your heart, being present, finding the authentic self and being able to speak your truth and stand in your power. So. I love it. Something I've learned with podcasting is like, it's, I'm intentional. Like, this is how I feel like I, I know that I'm most useful to this world to just get on the mic, share my experience. And it's been so deeply healing and awesome and fun for me, which I didn't, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I didn't realize how beneficial it was going to be for my own like self and personality and mental health and everything Has you know, some of this building your community and some of these incredible humans that have crossed your path. Has it been deeply healing for you alongside you healing other people? Absolutely. Right. So when we, I mean, my belief personally is that everyone that we're around mirrors us in some way, whether we're aware of it or unaware of it. So 
when I run these groups, it's kind of, you know, it's really deeply connecting. And even as a leader, you know, myself, and if I have a co-leader, we will participate in the process for them. It's not like, oh, we're the leader and you guys are down here. It's like, we're equal. We're all on the same you know, playing field here, you guys have adversities and challenges. So do we, how can we share? How can we help? How can we support? And it's just, yeah, it was beautifully healing, you know, to hear other women talk about, or men talk about how they've gone through things and have had to have faith and resilience at different times. It's like, oh, right. Like I did have that too. And, you know, we forget like how hard we work sometimes and how resilient we are. And sometimes we just need somebody else as a reminder to be like, you got this. What are you worried about? You know, so absolutely, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit more about your personal practice. How do you incorporate, um, like the Reiki and the energy, and then the personal coaching? Uh, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. I feel like I try and stretch them alongside being still, so it's that you get to feel a balance. Um, tell us a little bit more about the the your practice and how it kind of it all fits together. Sure. So, you know, I offer obviously the life coaching. I'm not really doing the psychotherapy at this point, just I really have shifted away from the mental health aspect of it. But it really comes down to, you know, maybe doing a consultation with somebody and saying, what's what's going on? How can I help? And, you know, what are you really being called to? Is it the meditation? Is it energy work? Is it needing to process and do some coaching? So it's really kind of getting the client to really come up with that answer because ultimately they have it. I don't provide them answers. I'm not telling anybody they're going to, you know, get to this place of happiness and they're never going to have a problem again. And, you know, that it's really this journey and how do we listen to what's within trusting that to decide, okay, this is yeah, that service sounds good. And if we get to a specific point in the work, it's like, well, maybe I need to try a little bit of this. So, and, and it can be blended too. I do do a lot of um, meditation sometimes in my life coaching, if it's appropriate for the person. And then the groups um, too offer, you know, all of it, the journaling, the meditation, the group sharing, the self-inquiry. So it's really what people are are feeling like they need. I would never make that decision for someone. It's it's really it's really their choice. So. I, that's definitely something that's been highlighted in my journey. Is like the answers are all within, and you really do need a coach, just like in sports, to sometimes help you through those. Like even if you're a great athlete, you need a really great coach so you can have somebody looking at you because it is hard to get outside of yourselves outside of yourself and listen and then come back within and be like, mm, you're right. I didn't know that, but you need that community coach and guidance within it. Yeah. So I will say most people typically do pick the life coaching in the beginning because it's like, well, what do you think? They're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, just kind of like sit, like let it just sit with that for a minute see what shows up. I don't know. I don't know. And so it kind of is more like having to ask some more probing questions to get through that because in this world, we are super busy. And so slowing down enough to hear the whispers and to hear the answers is also a training of the mind body as well. It's like, we don't even know how to do that to slow down. You know, it's kind of like a lot of times I hear when, oh, like, well, what, what keeps you from meditating? Well, I just, I'm not doing anything. Well, you are, you're meditating, but I'm not like actually doing anything. And it's like, well, you're, you're listening to yourself. You're nurturing yourself at self-care that's doing something. I know, but it's not like, I don't feel productive. And it's kind of like, oh, so if you're, you're not doing something and you're not productive, you're not good enough. And it's kind of like, oh, well, 
yeah, I kind of feel like a loser if I'm not like making money or having an achievement. And so it's really kind of diving in deeper to that stuff. So, and the irony is doing that makes you so much more productive. Absolutely. <laughs> like things that you want, but it's so hard. And like, these are things, I don't know if you're, if it was easier for you, but it was for, it took me a long time to be like, duh. And then when I understood it, I'm like, I need to go meditate. Cause then like, this is going to streamline the whole process of getting from A to B and it's crazy. But what I really do like that you had this extraordinary, um, eclectic experience because of life is that when someone sits down to you, unlike when you sat down with these, like, you know, Western medicine, extraordinary professionals, they have, you know, limited perspective. You have a varied perspective. And I think in 2021, we know that it's a whole human approach. If you eat like crap and you've got an injury, well, it might not be that your PT is bad. It might be that you're eating all these inflammatories, so your knee's not healing. So your PT can't fix your diet. So you need a good approach around nutrition. So it's this whole situation, like symbiotic processes, it has to work together. Um, and, and you've got this experience intentionally or unintentionally and skill set where you can really say, even if I don't know, I suggest you go see a PT, but let's meditate on this. Or um, does that happen a lot in some of your consultations? Yeah. I mean, there's just so many options out there for us. And I think people in general is like, oh, I tried like therapy or I tried like two other things and then we're ready to like give up or throw our hands up. And our bodies are so complex. You know, it's like, it's, breathing us, it's digesting our food, it's, you know, pumping our blood, all these things, digesting our food while we're just not even paying attention, right? So I just, it's, yeah, it's kind of just going, okay, but what about this part of you? What about that part of you? And how have you really catered to this? And it's just like, oh, I didn't even like think about like, breathing. You know, it's like, we don't, you know, we're not even thinking about it. It's like, well, did you know, like if your exhales longer than your inhale, like that's what's helping your body to relax. And, you know, it's just like, they're like, well, I don't really, I mean, I don't really pay attention to when I'm breathing, you know, it's just kind of really having to take the time for yourself. And I think we cheat ourselves, you know, in that area a lot, you know, even just in kindergarten, we're taught so much to be kind to other people, which is important. We're never really sat down in a classroom and it says, how can you be kind to yourself? How can you take care of yourself? We're just always taught to be functioning outward instead of inward. And when we can kind of step into that, so much shifts and changes. So what, what is the average age? Cause I really do think we, we were our authentic selves, like under six. And so many times I tell people, I'm like, go back to your young self. And like, what were you doing? Were you coloring? Were you coordinating play groups? Were you on the tires? So like, what was it then that you dreamed about? And cause usually I feel like the answers are right there. Um, what are, what's the average age of your client right now? So I would say it's typically, you know, adults, I'm not really doing children through the pandemic because it's just, you know, it's a little bit crazy, um, but so I would say probably 20 to 55 okay. um, is, is pretty much the gamut of, of what I treat, but you know, there's little sprinkles of other ages in there too. So 
I would love to see it get younger and younger. And I think one of the upsides of social media on Facebook is the exposure is there and then access to information, uh, which can go both ways because there is access of a lot of crap information too. Um, but I think once you watch a YouTube video or something, you have some exposure, then you do get why you do need a coach or why you want to dive in further and really get a professional to help kind of guide the journey. I, I see it happening younger and younger in the health and wellness space. So much of my business has gone from like specific fitness to wellness and lifestyle because it's become more generalized versus like niche CrossFit, niche yoga, niche whatever. Um, it's it's extraordinary to see. Do you think over time your clientele will get younger and younger? Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, we're in such a big shift in the world right now that, you know, I, we're obviously seeing a lot of mental health um, issues in the schools right now. So I think, you know, when the systems, the educational systems and the mental health systems are feeling really stuck and overburdened with how to treat um, kind of the high numbers of what we have going on. I think we will start to see more meditation, more mindfulness practices in the schools. And when the kids can then get exposed to it and say, hey, that was like really helpful. It might've been like weird because it's unfamiliar, but I like feel so much better. I think they're probably going to go home and start saying that to their parents or start talking to it about talking about it with their friends. And I, I think it will get younger and younger. It's just, it's a learning curve. So yeah. 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 I've watched a couple of phenomenal documentaries and it does, it shows like kindergartners meditating and they go home and teach their parents. And I, I just have so much faith in our youth and their ability to question a better way and their ability to adapt on a dime. So mm -hmm. I think if we can show up as adults and provide some of those tools and be intentional about our extraordinary life purpose, I do think it'll trickle down uh, faster than, than we think. We shall see. I agree. I agree. I, I've, I've got faith that it will happen. So... <laughs> Yes. Well, um, so, I mean, it, at this point, you know, and everything's kind of culminated together. You can see how your experience perfectly lined up. Do you feel like you are in your extraordinary life purpose at this moment and you're like in the thick of it? I do. I feel very much in the flow. It's kind of like when you start doing things and everything just starts showing up and just working very smoothly. That's for me anyways, at least how I know I'm in my purpose. I'm in my flow when things are just easy and peaceful. And then when that resistance hits of like, why isn't this working? Then it's kind of like, oh, maybe I'm moving in the wrong direction. And so it's just very easy for me to shift now and to recognize that resistance of like, oh, that's not the right direction. Let me come back and like move and be in flow so that I'm not feeling that bump up against something. So yeah, it does, it feels really good right now. Oh, that's amazing. Well, it sounds like you are more than deserving um, <laughs> as everybody is, but it is a process to get there. If somebody is kind of in the thick of things right now, or they're working on self-love, or they're just at this pivot point, what's your suggestion as like a first step one into questioning a better way? So sometimes, you know, for me personally, it's getting quiet. For other people, that is not the answer. For some people, it is to move, right? But it doesn't mean busying up the mind. It might mean moving, like taking a hike or a walk in nature. So I would say maybe some solitude, which we've got plenty of that right now, but like maybe an environment that is more nurturing, like nature, or um, even if you're in a community, but you can be by yourself in that community. So you're not necessarily having to overly engage, but you can listen, you can kind of be a fly on the wall, they're there, but you can just 
be a little bit within. So, I mean, like we said, all the answers are within. So it's just about how can I take steps to just move towards myself instead of outside of myself. Very well said. Yes. It's, I, I always think that first initial step, cause it's kind of like, am I questioning a better way? I'm in it, but I don't know, but I know something's a little bit off. I, you know, when you said like, I'm in flow, I'm in, you know, in alignment and things come in, that's how life really should be. And I don't like to say the should word, but that's, that's, I think should be the comparison if we're comparing it all. But I do think we're busy and accolades and accomplishments. It doesn't matter if you have adrenal fatigue and you're tired and you're not really loving what you're doing. That's not real. There is, it's possible to love life, make money, be happy. Like all these things that we think are super hard. And, and if there is a massive state of confusion and somebody doesn't know where to start, reach out, like get a coach, get a therapist, get somebody that can help you and either a friend or a spouse or a family member, it doesn't matter, but don't be afraid to just say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, sometimes there's so much shame around, like, I feel like I'm sucking at life right now. Right. You know, we have this competition with social media we think everybody's got it all figured out and they don't mm. no no yeah it's all it's all the highlight reel but yeah. I think actually if you listen to that nudge like you said earlier you're a little bit ahead versus having to have like torn acl or you know tbr something that's really like deeply awakening you i actually think if you can listen to a little bit like i don't know something's pulling at me i know i got to make a shift i don't know what to do but i'm just going to ask a friend i'm going to reach out i think that even though it's not labeled in your brain that way is a step ahead versus ignoring it and then getting fully knocked down. Right. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be catastrophic for us to like get on the right path. A lot of times it is, but if we can listen to the whispers and the nudges, it doesn't have to be that way. I, who knows? Life goes fast. I might have to listen to this cast at some point <laughs> later down the road being like, are you listening? Like get up. Um, so, or sit still, you, you know, depending on what it is. What are, you know, now that you are in flow and things are um, kind of like beautifully laying them out for you, what are some of the goals or what do you look forward to? So I do have a, a new group coming up in, in May and that's in authenticity immersion. And so, you know, it's just creating more of those groups um, and just providing what was given to me because I am really, really so grateful for all the people that showed into up into my life and just gave me suggestions and you know kept moving me forward and helping me i just really want to be able to give that same thing back and so um whether it's individual work or in larger groups um that's just what i feel really called to do i love it what extraordinary life purpose said within i think the first five minutes to help people and it's it's it laid itself out just so perfectly. So it's it's pretty extraordinary to look back and and see that. Do you can you like fully like feel that at this point? Yeah, I I can definitely have a deep sense of appreciation for it. And I, that was not the case through the majority of it. I think I just you know when we're so much in the unknown, it can feel so scary. Um, just the not knowing we're a culture of like wanting to have some kind of control. Um, and so now I've just learned to surrender and sometimes you just surrender every day. And sometimes you're in something where you have to surrender every hour, every minute. And that's not as difficult for me anymore before surrendering felt like giving up or like not having any control over anything. And 
now it's just kind of like this beautiful, easeful process for me. But if somebody would have said to me, surrender before, I'd been like, just I'm like, get the hell out of my face. You know, I would not, I'm like, surrender. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I need to achieve things and get things. And you know, I just wouldn't have, I didn't have the embodied experience of surrender. It was just a word before. And now it's really something that it's just a sensation in the body. Very well said. I, I completely echo those statements. And if you look at our world, there's this awakening of we have so little control over so much. I mean, you can control your mind and your body and the brain is such an under talked about conversation. It's so deeply important. And um, I, that's why I love so much what you're doing alongside community and everything, but like really furthering this conversation around the brain specifically, because it's so incredibly important. Um, but you look at our world in 2020 and how much we truly have no control and we don't know what's next. Like the craziest thing, a pandemic can happen. And so you do just got to pull back and uh, surrender. Man, that is, that is, it's a strong word. It's out there. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I love what you're doing. I hope people come check you out. I think that the, you know, Tumor Gain Tequila, we talk about graceful disruption and we gracefully disrupt everything we think we should or need to be and really just get onto our authentic path. And you are the perfect example of that. So I'm super excited about this conversation, excited for people to hear it. Where do people find you? Give us the Facebook, the Instagram, all the socials. Sure. So uh, my website is elizabethsorelli.com. Um, I am predominantly on Facebook. I try to stick to one social media. <laughs> um, I am Liz Woodrow Sorelli on there. I do run a private Facebook group as well, Women Supporting Women. Um, the to details for the group in May is authenticityimmersion.com. Um, email ewoodrow2 at yahoo.com. And, you know, you can pretty much Google me. You can find me. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate you sharing your extraordinarily purposeful life. I can't wait to see what is next. And let's definitely keep in touch as things progress. Okay. Thank you so much, Kristen. I really do appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Liz. We'll see you soon. Take care. Okay. That was amazing. Thank you so oh, good. much. <laughs> yes, I really am excited to, I listened to a couple of podcasts and I was like, oh, I like her vibe. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we cover all the gamuts um, just because I do really, my work was like a lot around human optimization. And then as soon as you learn a little bit, you're like, okay, I know nothing. So it's kind of just trickled down this random path, which I know, you know, firsthand. Okay. Um, so we're just here to put humans on the mic that have something good to say. So I'm glad you were here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm looking forward to, to hearing it. So awesome. I'm going to try and have it out next week. Oh, um, next okay. I do try and do it. I got backed up because we had so many, but I try and keep them just relevant while the mic's hot, especially if you've got stuff coming out so we can, you know, expose some of that stuff. No, um, I'm in a rush. It's just kind of, yeah, whatever. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, um, we'll try, I try and put it on there. Cause I know some people lag with it, but we'll get out there. Do you have like a preferred bio or photo? Can I just take a couple of those from your website? I can, I can send you one. I mean, I definitely, it really doesn't matter, but if it's easier for me to just send it to you, it'll take me like five minutes. So. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. If you can send me a photo, um, bio, and then any tags you want me to include Facebook, Instagram, whatever. So then we'll include it all together. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. And if you're ever in Denver, let's me, you and Michelle go grab a tequila or a coffee or whatever. Yes. Um, I may be out sooner than later. My dad just got kind of sick, so I might be out sooner than later, but absolutely for sure. Cause I know the only time I caught Michelle, my last trip out there was in January and we couldn't, our schedules were so crazy. We like 
found each other in the airport. We were both flying back out the same day. So we're like, okay, I'll meet you at the gate. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of cool. That's better than nothing. That's like a yeah. movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me know if it happens to work out. I would genuinely love to meet you in person. I'll, and I'm sending thoughts and prayers uh, for the strength in your dad. Uh, everything else going on. I know it's, it's just crazy time, but at least you can travel now. I know, right? So yes, and lots of prayers to your brother too. He'll get Thank there. Thank you. Yeah, if I can get his mind to open up, no pun intended, um, uh, and shift, I think some conversations might be in the future. So I really appreciate you keeping that door open. Absolutely, yeah. All right. All right. We'll have a great day. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Liz. Okay, bye, Kristen. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.